I got to see Dr. Stella again in Dallas and got to thank her personally for saving my mom's life. There you go. That's I, a big one. I tell you what, Dr. Stella gives the best hugs. You know, she is she is a, a warrior of God. I mean, this this woman brings a, a spiritual axe to the battlefield. Um, and at the same time that she's fighting for you on the spiritual level, she's also fighting for you on the medical level. She's amazing. So if you... If you're feeling just a little down or you're, you haven't had COVID, you're afraid of getting COVID, um, it can be a very scary thing. Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine really do work. I promise you, you are not going to grow a tail. Nick uh, and I, Nick <laughs> and I both take hydroxychloroquine regularly as a prophylactic, even though, um, well, I think I've had COVID. I don't think Mick has, but uh, either way, we Still take hydroxychloroquine it. all the time. My mom, we gave her ivermectin when she got COVID and she was better in four days, four days. And Dr. Stella also has this awesome all-in-one vitamin, which can really help boost your immune system because it's really important not just to take over-the-counter prescription drugs, but in order to keep your immune system at its peak efficiency all the time so you don't get yep. sick, you really need an excellent vitamin supplement. So Dr. Stella is the place to go. Go yeah, to Dr. drstellamd.com and use, use the promo, promo code, code DEFIANT and that will save you up to 5% not only in your teledoc visit, but also because remember folks, this is a prescription. You are being mailed a prescription so you have to physically see a doctor first. So you're going to go there, you're going to get a teledoc visit. Your teledoc visit, once your teledoc visit's complete, they're going to, if you're sick immediately, they will overnight you, uh, either ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, whichever one you get. Or both. Or both. If you use Promo code DEFIANT, that will save you up to 5%, not only in your teledoc visit, but also with the drugs as well. And they will send them, and trust me when I say that they're within 48 hours, because they were there within 48 hours. Yep. For my mother-in-law, they were there in 48 hours, and let me tell you something, I didn't have to hear about it anymore, about how she was gonna <laughs> die. It literally lasted 72 hours about me hearing about how she was gonna die when I knew for a fact- natural immunity. When I knew for a fact she wasn't going to. So Dr. Stella, M-D, D-R-S-T-E-L-L-A dot, or md.com and again use promo code defiant save up to five percent on your order both on your teledoc visit and any order you make even if you get the vitamin or you get hcq ivm whichever you get get them both get them all and get them shipped to you and save five percent on your order like i said we are only bringing people that we believe in that are patriots people that we know that are not here to you know, they're not patriots, they're patriots. They're here promoting the same cause we're promoting. They're trying to help the same things you're trying to help. This is what we want to get to you. This will help you recover from COVID. It will help you prevent COVID. Uh, as we're hearing now, we've got news or stories after news stories coming out about, especially hydroxychloroquine, how it can be used as a prophylactic and even not- for the flu, correct. not just COVID, even for the flu. So, so as folks, Mick likes go get to it. say, better to have and not need than need and not have. Absolutely. Get it for your own ship box, put it in your house somewhere just in case somebody gets sick. Boom, you've got it. Family member gets sick, you can ship them some. Here you go. I got some drugs for you. This will work. Trust me, it will work. Just take it. You will be amazed. You'll even feel better. If you're not sick, you will even feel better after taking it. Trust me. It's amazing. So folks, again, doc, Dr. Stella, D-R-S-T-E-L-L-A dot MD.com MD, MD and use promo code defiant and you'll save up to 5%. Appreciate y'all listening.
I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. This is a war on religion. This is a war on the children. They give you the cure with the sickness. This is a war on tradition. This is a war on religion. This is a war on the children. They give you the cure with the sickness. This is a war. This is a war. This is a war that we living through Never reveal to you that they also leaving killing you They don't tell you what the hell you agreeing to She been a hurting you, don't know who leading you Keep on proceeding to follow your mind is so hollow Are you being coddled by government swallowing up everything that the media tell you Without a question or a problem All of this she being slaughtered They poison the water, removing the father And trusting these daughters Ignoring blue collar, convincing the dollar And washing your sons and your daughters Ain't got any honor if I'm being honest I just ain't picking the side But I'm not around for my freedom And die for my freedom And question the government lies A lot on my mind, it's so little time Gotta think all of us needing a sign The devil he hides an ego and pride They sell and they sell and they paying the price God won't give you more than you can handle Government should be dismantled Every politician got a scandal Prepare for the war We going to battle This is a war on Rest. religion This is a war on the children They give you the cure with the sickness This is a war on tradition This is a war on religion This is a war Of our generation losing civilization I'm the Terminator Just a liberator With our dedication For the Terminator Fuck your medication The administration Can I alienate us Or exterminate us I'll just keep on praying For your salvation You are outdated Society becoming outrageous Keep your house painted For the firstborn The angel of death In its worst form We being scorned Look out for their horns Remember this isn't their first war They coming prepared So just be aware They do not want to hear None of your prayers This is a war They ain't playing fair They feed off your fear They wanting you scared Death and despair It's all in the air Just be aware You think I care The more that you know The more that it's clear This is a war It's this already here this is a war on the children They give you the cure with the sickness This is a war on tradition This is a war on religion This is a war on the children
And welcome back, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my much, much better, better beloved, better half. Feeling. Hello, Patriots. So, hey, folks, tonight we've got uh, a humdinger for you. This is the one I know you've all been waiting for, and we're back. I mean, first of all, that's the first part, is we're back. We're actually back recording again. I know we took like two weeks off. I Ten know days. I wouldn't let you take two weeks. You whatever. <laughs> I know you're, you're going to slay us for being gone for so long, but, but we are back. hopefully over the last week, Y'all have taken the opportunity to watch the Plandemic movies, uh, Plandemic 1 and 2 that we put out on our Rumble channel. Yep. We put them out on audio too. Hopefully you guys went over to Rumble and actually watched them because they are actual real movies and they deserve a proper viewing and not just a listening to. So if you haven't done that yet, please go to our Rumble channel and watch Plandemic 1 and Plandemic 2. They will quite literally change your life. Especially if you're listening tonight because uh, the person that we're bringing on, uh, if you haven't, watch those yet, you're not going to understand any of our conversation well, tonight. Well, sure you will. Well, you probably will, actually. <laughs> uh, if you've been listening to us, you've already heard us talk and about this individual. And to go watch them. And these videos at, at nauseum. I mean, we have talked about them at nauseum. We've talked about some of the, most of the work this gentleman has done, and he has done tons. Uh, this is... Uh, a four-part series in total, and I can't wait to see three and four. Um, we've got one and two. We've already. Put I don't out know one. about four. I know about three. I, I heard there's two more coming. Okay. Well, so we'll ask Mickey. We'll ask Mickey minute. when he comes on. So yeah. now that you've just dumped his name, <laughs> introduce him for us. So we are so honored to welcome Mickey Willis, the creator of the Plandemic series, as well as a couple, a, a bunch of other movies. Yeah, Afghanistan. Show. So, and we actually initially met Mickey in Tulsa. We um, ended up at dinner with him and having no idea really who he was. We we went with Dustin actually. Yep. Um, and, uh, and Mickey was there and we had a great conversation. He's got, you know, great friends, wonderful kids. We had a blast and um, yeah, then uh, turns out he's the creator of these amazing movies. It's hard to see with the, the, tape over his mouth in the movies, you know, although the eyes are pretty piercing and, and give you away. So welcome to the show, Mickey. We're so happy to have you here. Plandemic four. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. I heard there was a fourth one. Is that just, we're, is, we're is that, giving you that's the first I've heard of that. Is that, is that, is that all supposition? Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I hope not. Uh, we were planning on doing three and hoping that by that time, I'm, like, but if if we have to, we'll come back with a, a number four for sure. Anyway, great to be here, you guys. Okay, so fourth is in the works then, because you know it's not going to be over after three. So. <laughs> I, I know you. you. You seem to be a guy who's pretty intent on going there. So but, I figured a four would be right but, around the you corner. Know, uh, uh, but most of our, our viewers don't know you, although I, I think most of the world has seen your movies at this point. I, I know Plandemic uh, 1 had over a billion views. Um but what, what got you here, Mickey? What's your backstory? Well, in a nutshell, my backstory is when I was in my early 20s, my brother was killed by AZT, which was a very toxic AIDS medication that was prescribed by Anthony Fauci. And 34 days later, my mom died of uh, bad cancer treatments. And so that kind of spun me out as a young man. And um, uh, as everything happens in life happens for us, not, not to us. And so it turned out to be a big gift because it kind of drove me to leave my family nest of Northern California. And I moved to Los Angeles pursuing the big dream, which I didn't even know what the heck it was. I just knew I needed to start a new life and, and put it, my old life behind me. And, and uh, that led to being in front of the camera, which I hated immediately. And so I, I um, suddenly found my love and passion behind the camera and storytelling. Um, and I started to do that and was building a 
a very successful career and was at the peak of a very successful music video directing career for mostly Spanish language music. And, um, and I directed my first movie and in the late, late 90s and was in New York in 2001 um, negotiating the distribution deal for the movie, which had generated a, a lot of festival wins and, and, a, and a bidding war. Um, and uh, that visit in New York uh, landed me right at the World Trade Center when it was attacked. And so I uh, did search and rescue and body recovery for three days, and that changed my life and the way that I see the world and people. Um, both for the better and for the worse. It, I saw the negative side, the, the, the media and, and the way politics distorts everything. And, and then I saw the upside of humanity. And that was 2000 men and women that had already been told that uh, just being there and breathing the air at ground zero would eventually affect their health and likely kill them. And not one person left at the very slight chance of saving one person. And that was my real wake up call to understand that when something so much bigger than our own uh, our own addictions and fetishes and and persona happens, that we return to our nature, which is a, a very benevolent and selfless um, thing, organism that just kicks into action to to do something good. And I watched a lot of men and women risking their lives to to do something good there, and so that became a. a of hunger of you know how do we manufacture uh, a situation like this with the, without the tragedy without the trauma how do we how do we motivate people to remember who and what we are so that we can be involved in that kind of action to to do what's right in the name of life um, without having to uh, uh, do it as a reaction to such a tragedy and and so that's kind of um, um, uh, informed my filmmaking since two thousand one. Wow. That's a, that's a hell of a story. I mean, is. going from where you started in California, moving down to LA, ending up in New York City on two, uh, 9-11. I mean, holy crap. That is, uh, wow. And that, that, I mean, that's a... We're both initially New Yorkers. So 9-11 struck us both really hard. You know, it was perpetrated on us in such a way. And, you know, whomever did it, that's... a uh, that's a whole nother podcast that that's a many, uh -huh. many series. Of is, is that going to be a movie by we, any chance? We still go back and forth about that, but we're, we won't start that tonight. But anyway, you <laughs> know, we, we saw New York and the whole country come together and New Yorkers are known because we are them um, as being the most honest, crass, forthright, in your face people. They, they always feel they're just slightly superior to, to everybody else, you know, that's just inherent in, in being a New Yorker. And we saw them all come together on 9-11 yeah. with, like you described, you know, just, just with that overwhelming need to save people and, and to come together as a country and renewed our patriotism. And, and that was just a, a short 20 years ago. How did we get here from there? You know, mm -hmm. because this has now been perpetrated on us again, in some ways, in a more dramatic fashion than 9-11 was, maybe because it's been drawn out for so long. And yet, I'm not seeing those people coming together. I mean, there's some of us, obviously, we're here, but yeah. in mass, it doesn't seem like those people are coming together to save people. Or maybe they are, maybe they're just confused about how they're doing it. I, The whole thing just blows me away. 
I get it. Yeah. Well, they, I think people are coming together in a big way. And there's a lot of people that aren't. There's people that are still choosing to sleep through this. And so in answer to your question, how do we get here is we enabled this. It's us. And we're not at the helm of the uh, uh, steering the agenda, but but we are certainly, you know, on the back of the bus riding along. And um, and we continue to do that with every choice we make, every single moment of, of our lives, everything that we you know, uh, we need to wake up to that unless we want this to continue or to happen again in the very near future or for this to actually um, mature into something that we can never come back from. We need to take it seriously right now because, you know, if you just look at, you know, from a male point of view, because that's what I am. Um, if you just look at the way that men have been yeah. taken off the front line of their lives, uh, just in their you know, addiction to televised sports. I, I'm an athlete. My whole family's athletes. So we love sports. And, and uh, my, that's one of the things that I demand my sons. It's like, you, ha you have to be involved in one sport because it's very um, good for them. Uh, um, but the, this, this spectator sport that we've adapted to through the years, such that, uh, you know, generations of men know more about their favorite sporting team the sports team than they do typically anything that's going on in local politics, it should be an indication right there that something's wrong. You know, they can tell you the arm length and the, and the, you know, the shot average and everything of their, of their favorite NBA player. But if you ask them, you know, who's your local council person? Yeah. There's, there's no answer. Know. Yeah. What are the policies that are on the table right now that are going to affect you and your family? I don't know. And so that's all by design. And so those are the ways that we, you know, and then we have this attack on our children. And what I've been saying lately is how many parents out there, all, you know, all of us included, myself included, we've done our best to send our kids to what we were told, schools that had really great reputation, reputations, but that doesn't always mean that they haven't been infiltrated last month and now they're indoctrination camps. And so do how many parents have actually gone in before they've enrolled their children to say, I'd like to meet the, the heads of the school and the teachers first. You know, I think this should be a prerequisite for it before we send any of our children to these, to these indoctrination daycares is to sit down and go, who are you people? And if I'm going to pay you, or maybe it's a public school, I'm going to, I'm going to pay you with the, the presence of my child. Um, I need to know who you are, what you stand for. And what you believe about this and that. And if they know nothing about it, are they open to being educated? And if they know, if they support the things that you know to be, um, you know, detrimental to your child, uh, uh, you know, nurturing, uh, growing forward, uh, it, then, then you turn away from that education, you know, but we haven't done that. We've just said, oh, it's the nearest school. Okay. It's only two miles away. So that's great. They can take the bus. Great. Okay. Bye-bye. And then we wonder, you know, I have a, a very dear friend of mine, one of my best friends who reached out to me about um, seven months ago. And he said, you know, that stuff you told me a year ago of what was coming to our schools. And I said, yeah, he said, I, it's not that I didn't believe you. I just thought, well, that's not going to happen in, in this area. And he said, um, so my 13 year old daughter just came home and apparently she's been cutting herself. She doesn't know what gender she is. She said that, that I and her mother are fascist and that she hates America and she wants to move out of the country. And he said, how in the world did this happen to my little girl who's received nothing but love? And now she thinks we're fascist. Uh, um, 
And I said, yeah, that's, that's, that's what's happening. And it's, there's nothing that is sadder than to see that families being torn apart by all this stuff. Honestly, it's almost a blessing that it happened to her when she was 13, that he has the opportunity to, to, to change her back to, you know, bring her back because too many people that happens when their kids go to college and then there's little to no hope of getting their kids back. You know, they, their kids go away to college and they come home at Christmas and they say the exact same thing. I hate you. You're fascist. You're fascist. You're racist. You're terrible people. I hate America. I hate everything it stands for. And then they leave and they never see their parent, you know, they never see their kids again. Um, yeah, we've actually been working on it with our oldest son, you know, telling him, Hey, look, when you go to college, this is what you're going to be told. This is what people are going to tell you. This is what they're going to try and get you to believe. Yeah, because he wants to go to MIT. That's, you know, the the viper's nest, basically. I mean, Harvard, uh, Oxford, MIT, yeah. all, all the top colleges have been completely corrupt. And I'm, I'm, we're doing our best to get them ready just to say, hey, look, people are not going to think the same way you think. And they're going to blame it on us. They're going to blame it on the fact that you were raised in Georgia, that you were born in Georgia, and that you're from a red state. And they're going to blame it on all that stuff. They're not going to listen to anything you have to say. Um, so sometimes there's, there's always times to speak out. There's always times to fight for yourself. There's times also to sit in the corner and call Pick your battles. So, and that's basically what we're trying to train him to do is like, look, this is going to be one of those times where eventually you're going to have to pick your battle. And this battle that you're going to pick, depending on however, whichever way you want to fight it, just always know that we're going to be here behind you. Um, You know, we'll be here to support you. I'm, he's already seen me lose my mind on other people. So, but that's because we're involved in our children's lives, heavily involved. Our, you know, our younger son was in a private Catholic school and we pulled him out and I'm homeschooling him now because of masks. He wouldn't wear one. I wouldn't make him wear one. I didn't want him to wear one. I feel they're dangerous, um, especially harmful to children. And I, I wasn't going to do it. So I quit my job and we pulled him out and he's being homeschooled. Our older son is in a military Catholic school run by months run by monks so we have little fear of them being indoctrinated or infiltrated monks of benedictine the, the it's very difficult they are, don't mess around their old saying used to be we just don't give a fuck yeah and they're literally hardcore. they don't <laughs> they're they hardcore. don't care so uh, so he's he's in good hands there um but too many parents you're absolutely right mickey too many parents just don't pay enough attention to their children and what's going on in their children's lives as far as education and indoctrination. And they're trained to do so by that instant gratification society and big tech and, and even big pharma to a degree, because you're trained now you give your kids a tablet when they're two, you stick them in front of an electronic babysitter. Um, you can put parental controls on there to make sure that they only see things that big tech wants them to see. And, uh, and, and there you go. You have no interaction with your children. Um, in this yep. case, George Carlin's words were not far in, off. In effect, no, yeah. he was like, just leave them alone, leave yeah. them the fuck alone. No, you cannot leave them alone anymore. You yeah, can't, yeah. that's true, because someone else will snatch them up, and and I mean that psychologically as well as actually physically. So, um, yeah, yeah. So what we got go you started kids. on the pa- pandemic series? I mean, it. Yeah. I, I I love them. And, uh, thank you. Lynn showed him, showed me the first one. And this was way before we ever met you. And, uh, when we went to dinner that night, we had no idea that, that was you. Had I uh-huh. knew that was you, um, that dinner would have gone a lot differently, <laughs> but, um, he'd have gone fanboy. Yeah, probably because the, the, they're outstanding. They're great movies. And uh, for people who don't understand, um, I, I guess like when I, when I got vaccinated way, way back in December, I did it because a, I didn't know any better, but B, 
Um, I knew that there was something about it, but I've also been with vaccinated for everything because I was in the military for so long and they literally are, we're guinea pigs for everything. I just yeah. thought that, Hey, you know, I'll just take it just so I don't bring anything home to mom and dad or, you know, to my boys or to, uh, my wife. And, uh, we, uh, we went through all of that, whatever. It was stupid. Uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't get it. I'm pretty I sure I got a placebo, but then fast forward, I actually watched the whole, your whole series. And other than learning a ton about a whole bunch of other things, also just in some of my own research, finding out things here and here and there that just don't make any sense whatsoever. What yeah. got you to do the video? And I got a question after that. I got a follow-up question to this because sure. there's another question okay. that I think uh, is more important. <laughs> Got it. Well, first, I want to say I apologize for being rude here. I had a, a podcast, an hour podcast that went to two hours and I skipped my, my lunch. So I'm trying to take no bites worries. in between here. By I apologize means. too. We're Hopefully all you're not hearing the crunching of my <laughs> peanut butter and apples on the microphone. Um, anyway, well, what, what started Plandemic was I had a doctor friend of mine who introduced me to uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits about um, a year before the pandemic was announced. She brought her into my office and said, I, I met this incredible doctor. She's got an incredible story. And I think it should be made into a movie, kind of an Aaron Brockovich kind of a movie, which I thought was a fantastic movie. Um, and uh, I used to know the, Steven Soderbergh who made that movie. And I was always very, very much uh, a fan of that, of his work. And, uh, and so she came into my office and, and told me, you know, I just sat silently for about two hours as she told me her whole story. And, and I was instantly aware that this is a, when you talk about the New York style of, you know, it's like she has that where there's just no BS in her. She's not trying to say what I want to hear. She's not trying to play safe. Um, she, if she doesn't think something's funny, she doesn't laugh. There's just no BS. She's just, she's just, I'm here. I'm in service. I'm on a mission from God. Get out of my way. If you're not part of it, <laughs> you know? And I was like, I love this woman. I love this woman. And, uh, it was, was real. And, but at the time I was directing a documentary called the narrative that was intended to expose mainstream media and what they're doing to us, which we all now can see it. But, but two years ago, very few people could see it. So I was in the middle of interviewing all these top whistleblowers and people from, you know, the top agencies and Google and people that have stepped forward to really tell what's happening behind the scenes. And, um, and the, these whistleblowers had been saying something uh, similar to be on the lookout for the next big false flag. It's coming any day now because of everything that was going on, all the sex trafficking rings and all the, all the untouchable kingpins that were being touched and being prosecuted. They said any moment now, um, world's attention. And, um, and so I, I had met Judy and I told her, I said, I'm just, I really think this would make a fantastic movie, but I'm in the middle of this documentary called the narrative right now. And I, I couldn't even consider this for six months at, at, you know, maybe a year. Um, but I'll, let me see if I can help get your film made. I'll talk to some other people and see if we can't get at least a script, you know, started, you know, cause a script can take six months or a year to write, to get it right. <clears throat> I said, let's maybe start that process. And, um, and nothing much happened with that, but then the pandemic is announced and I, and I knew right away, I, I actually went online. I made a video three days after the pandemic was announced. And I said, some people are going to have a hard time hearing this, but I just ask you to listen with an open mind and open heart. 
I guarantee you we're going to, we'll discover that this is man-made and intentionally released. And so I already knew that was coming. I knew it was, a, it was the false flag that all the whistleblowers warned me about. And, uh, and so I called Judy Michaelvitz and I said, I, I'd love to get your take on this. I think it's a, you know, I told her what I thought of it. And she said, yeah, I agree with you. So let's talk. And so we ended up having that talk on camera, uh, which, which I thought at that time, my intention was let's, let's have it on camera and I'll edit it together. And at the very least I'll cut together a, a teaser of your story and pieces of this and perhaps since I'm not able to make your movie right now, we can use that to help you get your movie made. I'll make a little trailer for you. And that's how it started. But then as I was editing, you know, uh, I thought we'd do a half hour interview or whatever. And it was out of three hours, three and a half hours. And as I was editing it, I realized, and then as things were progressing in the world and all this craziness and Anthony Fauci was taking center stage again, after having already had my experience in the late eighties with him, um, doing horrific things regarding the AIDS epidemic and, and already knowing his background of how many times he's done this with other pen, you know, the bird flu and mind flu and Ebola and everything he's been involved in has been the same story. And I was amazed that he's back, that he's still in his position. I was just amazed. I, I couldn't believe that. It, I, I literally thought this must be a, a man who looks like that guy. Cause it can't be the same guy after what he did with the AIDS he's still in a major position like this to be America's top doctor. This is nuts. And so as I'm editing Judy's, Judy's interview, I, I, I realized that this is more important than I thought it would be. And so I raised a little bit of money and turned it into a 30 minute documentary. Well, and my, my follow-up question for that is after you made Plandemic one, um, lots of death threats, few death threats, because I gotta, I, I have to say, uh, the way that it was done, edited together, uh, it, you you push some people out in front of buses, whether they knew the bus was coming or not, that was kind of immaterial. The bus just kind of hit them and just kept going, and uh, it seemed to me like there's probably a lot of pissed off people with you after that. Yeah, you know, I've, I've the first time I spoke out about vaccines, which is about 11 years ago, when I told everyone we were fighting against SB 77, which is um, SB 277, which was the beginning of the mandating vaccines for the school for kids to attend schools. And I said, it's, it's, yes, it's about the children, but it's not, this is the, the you have to know how these things work. This is the step towards mandating vaccines for you, for everybody. And everyone said, you're nuts. You know, you're crazy conspiracy theorists. They would never, this would never happen in America. Um, and you know, those are the first times that I received violent threats and death threats and all of that. And then, um, then we've done a other major, uh, criminal high profile criminal cases, the Covington students. And, and that was, you know, another round of death threats. Um, you know, because I said, listen, I, I don't care what side it falls on. I'm, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican and I don't care what side it falls on. And, um, I spent most of my life on the left. And now I woke up to that. I was on the road with Bernie Sanders and that woke me up to that. But even when I came out publicly and said, I can't support him. And here's what I learned while I was on the road with him. Then again, I realized what a cult that was. I got, you know, more death threats and, and people saying you're a traitor and, you know, I mean, just wild, um, you know, how quick people turn, you're their hero one moment, but the moment you disagree with them or offer another perspective, even, even in the form of a question, um, you know, you're the enemy instantly. And so, um, naturally that all comes with it, you know, and, 
and the majority of that is just a bunch of a bunch of keyboard cowboys that are really brave when they're have their anonymity and they'd never say it in public. You know, they'd never say it, you know, face to face, but they they're suddenly now that you got some, you know, some nerd who has never had the power before, but now that he's, you know, 2000 miles away and, and safe by a fake username or whatever, then they're, then they're really quick to say, wait till I find you, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, the people say that stuff and it doesn't even affect me anymore. It's like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I, I was just wondering and if it does. And I, I die knowing I did my best. I, I was just wondering because it was in, I was talking about the higher levels because there was one thing you kept, you, you, especially in pandemic one, uh, yeah. you kind of circled around it. you never brought it up. You brought up uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, the foundation. Um, yeah. You really circled the drain and I was waiting for you to hit the plunger and it never happened. I was, I, I, it was, must've been the teaser for two because I was sitting there going, eventually he's going to mention Soros. Eventually uh, Soros's <clears throat> name is going to make this. And I was like, I was waiting yeah. till the end. I'm sitting there going, come on, say it, say it, say it. Yeah. He didn't. I was like, son of a gun. And then pandemic two opens and uh, pretty much let out with Soros. And I was like, holy crap, that is awesome. I was like, because uh -huh. I mean, honestly, he's all the money behind this. And it was yeah. really crazy. I just found out today, this is another one. I, I got a text from one of my people and uh, we haven't even released a news podcast in a while. So I'm actually going to break some news here for you. I just found out why they're forcing the masks, why they're pushing masks again why is that? and not cloth masks. And they're actually going against cloth masks and paper masks. Um, the company, uh, what's it? Uh, Basham Lam, they make the, Basham Lam. Yeah, yeah, they make the N95s. Uh, they've lost money. This is again, just like I told you before, is all about the money. Yeah, I always follow the money. So yeah. they, they lost money. So now they're pushing N95s. It's the only thing that can stop you from because I got a, a crazy email from my dad. My dad emailed me out of the blue. He says, Hey, by the way, uh, and he sent me this article from uh, PBS, and I was sitting there, or NPR, sorry, it was NPR, and I read this art article and I wanted to stab my eyeballs at the end of it. I was like, Are you kidding me? I, I actually, on Christmas Day, I told my father, I said, Hey, look, if you're going to waste my time like this again, do me a favor and ensure that um, don't send it to me, talk to me about it. So that way I can destroy every point of everything you bring up. So mm -hmm. he, uh, he, he wanted to get N95 for my mother. He's like, well, I'm just worried about your mom. I'm looking out for your mom. I'm like, I get it, dad. But what if I told you a little secret, if you fart and you can smell it and you're wearing an N95, guess what? It ain't stopping the freaking coronavirus. It ain't stopping it. Mm -hmm. I, I have to mm -hmm. wear them at work. Trust me. It doesn't stop it. And, mm -hmm. uh, he's just like, well, why are they pushing it so hard right now? They're saying it's the only thing that'll stop Omicron. And I thought it was really odd. I was like, why all of a sudden out of nowhere are they? Yeah. And I went and looked it up, asked a couple people and a couple of my sources. And one of them came back to me and he said, Bausham Lam is losing money. They are the creators of the N95 and they've lost X number of dollars because people are not buying the masks like they used to. I was like, oh, because they don't make a is. fashion statement. There it is. People like their yep. their cloth masks because they're pretty. They make fashion statements. They've become an accessory. Yeah, they become something, all right? They've become an accessory. Face diapers. Yeah, but it's well, it's well, it's a, you know, it's a virtue signaling uh, tool now. It's a, it's a look how much I care and. It serves a lot of purposes. I mean, there's endless purposes. It, it, it's a signal for compliance so that everyone goes, you know, okay, everyone else is doing it, so I'm going to do it. it we're just, we, we're followers that way. And um, so there's a lot of reasons for it, but I hear you. It's, it's, um, there's, there's always other, other reasons. And if people could just get that nothing, 
nothing that our politicians say, nothing that our global health leaders say has anything to do with keeping us safe. If we can just get that, like that, just as a rule, that's not their plan. They don't care about that. In other words, I don't mean all. I don't like to be extreme in that way. There's politicians that do care. And there's there's a lot of medical people that do care. But I'm talking about the ones that are being pushed up front as the, the spokespeople for this. The last thing they want is to solve it. The last thing they want is for you to be healthy. The last thing they want is for you to find a cure beyond their agenda. Or they would have come out immediately in the beginning to say, all right, we have a virus. Here's what we need to do. Obesity is an issue. They knew that from the beginning. Vitamin D is provided by the sun. Get out in the sun. If you can move your desk out into the sun and work outside on your patio, do it. Take vitamin C, take quercetin. Here are the things that you need to do to arm your system, boost your uh, immune system, stay away from all the negativity of the news, all of that. What do they do? Exactly opposite. Stay indoors. And then actually say, and also expose yourself to bacteria. Let you want your immune system to be understanding that there's threats so that it can actually go into war, war mode. But instead, sterilize your home with toxic chemicals, spray them everywhere 24-7 so you have a sterile environment. Don't go outside. Tune into our media so we can tell you what to think and how to think. And, you know, itself should have informed the world right away. This is, these people don't care about us, really. Um, and that's what ended up causing a lot of people to get sick because anyone knows if, if somebody goes into ICU for an extended period of time and the moment that they're done with their treatment or that they, that they're, you know, whatever is they're able to leave the hospital right now. They don't just send them back outside into the world if they've been in ICU long enough because they've been in a sterile environment. They have to acclimate them back into the environment. They know that they're in a place where back, their immune system has shut down because it said there's no threats here. I'm in a sterile environment. And if they send them out into the world, then the immune system is like sleeping. And before it wakes up, it's got these opportunistic viruses attacking it and it loses and you get sick and you might even die. They know this. This is, this is virology 101, immunology 101, infectious disease 101. And so the, all that should make people incredibly suspicious of why this is, these are the protocols. And none of them said, let's talk natural immunity. You guys need to build that up, that that will keep you more safe than any experimental vaccine-ish thing that we can throw at you. But they didn't. And, and, and if anyone's using enough common sense, they would look at that and go, well, maybe I don't buy all the global conspiracy stuff and maybe I don't do it, but that that's enough for me not to listen to them anymore because they just failed big time. And it's not incompetence. They're not all incompetent in the same direction at the same time. That is agreed upon protocol. And believe me, they're behind the scenes going, should we talk to the people about, you know, getting outside and whatever? No. Don't. Why? So, because, well, then they won't need our vaccines. There, there won't be enough numbers. There won't be enough people getting sick. It's reality. So, um, you know, I, I like to ask uh, all of our guests this question, and, and that's the perfect segue into it. Hmm. Why do you think they're doing all this? And I think you probably have a better perspective than most people having spoken with people like 
Dr. Didi Mikevitz and, you know, Dr. David Martin and um, all the, the people that you've spoken to and, and what happened in Afghanistan and, and all of that. Um, so w- what do you think the end game is? Total control. And, and so in the way that China has total control over 1.7 billion people, America is the firewall preventing a globalist takeover, and it has been for decades. And so when you understand that because of the experiment that America was and is, that we actually developed, you know, there's a lot of people out there debating whether the Constitution should be amended and all of that. And I'd like to kind of help reframe that. I've been involved in starting up probably a dozen companies and all of the companies, particularly since my experience at, at 9-11, I've been all cause driven. So they're companies on a mission, on a mission to do something good. So I don't think any company gets started with, you know, maybe Google, but on a mission to do something bad, which ironically their mission, know this, but their slogan was don't be evil. And they later had to take that off the walls of Google um, when they realized, well, we can't hide it anymore how evil we are. Um, but if you under every company that I've ever been involved in, in starting any startup, we start with a mission statement. So it's like, yes, here's a problem we need to solve. Here's a great idea that might solve it. Let's get together, bring this together before we raise money, before we create a deck and that we go out there and pitch and anything like that. What is our pitch? What is our mission statement? Why are we doing this together? Well, we're doing this to, and you fill in the blank. And so in a, in a certain way, our constitution is the, our nation's mission statement. And there's a lot of power in the mission statement. What I witnessed through the years of a lot of cause-driven startups is they would start with a really benevolent mission statement. And then once the company was actually turning profit or getting big enough that they needed more profit, they would pivot away from that. And so you would see... Uh, Participant Media, Jeff Skull's company, the guy that started um, PayPal. It was just a nothing but cause-driven. Now I look back and I realize how much propaganda everything was that he was putting out there. But at the time, I thought it was the best company in the world. And then he started pivoting and doing horror films and all that. And people were like, what? What? I thought this was Participant Media was all about. What does a horror film have to do with? It's cool. We love horror films. But how did you slip this into the slate? And it's, they, 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 they succumb to the temptation of now that we built a brand, all these opportunities come in and they go, well, horror films make a heck of a lot more money than films about climate change. So let's slide. And then they start changing. And so this push to have us change our mission statement is a push to have us erode the foundation that makes this country so wonderful, which is why it's the number one destination for anyone escaping any other nation. You know, if it's so horrible, why is it that all the world wants to escape here? And they'll, they'll travel through land and sea and desert and, and risk their lives to get here because it's so horrible. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and so in game wise, uh, America is in the way. Because of its constitution, and its mission statement, because we have this thing called independence, because we have this thing called liberty. Um, and because we have indi- we supposed to have had, we're losing them daily, but individual rights, <clears throat> because a great deal of our populace is armed, these things have prevented the tyrannical government from completely just in- invading us years ago and taking over the way that they've done most nations around the world. And so these people that have for greed and also for 
personal to fulfill their, their 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 personal vision for their life, which is when you understand that we're in an age right now where the worker bees and the three people on this call right now are worker bees to, in their eyes. And what happens when the honeycombs become automate, automated? What happens when the honey is produced by robots? Well, the bees. Little robot bees. The bees. You don't working. need the worker bees anymore. Yep. And so, you know, go to your local Home Depot, go to Target and, and count how many cashiers are working compared to how many self-help kiosks there are. We're moving into an age of automation. So what do we do with all the damn worker bees? Because we're just taking resources, you know, we're, we're in the way for the quality of their life to just, you know, to have the run of the world. We're useless eaters. Yeah. And breathers. Mm -hmm. And so you know, there's been a push for a long time to get us to stop procreating. And they're scared a whole generation that is now vowed, you know, men are getting, you know, voluntary mastectomies, mastectomies, you know, in support of, you know, abortion rights and all of this. And it's all part of the game to trick this generation into letting go of one of the most valued and precious, rewarding, fulfilling experiences that we'll have. And that is to have a healthy, happy family. Yeah. I mean, children. And so by, by, by breaking it all down and getting, turning America on, on itself against each other, they, you know, if you read Sung Tzu, the art of war, you'll realize that nations like China that are hell bent and becoming a superpower, you, you understand the work of Sung Tzu. It's all about defeating the enemy without fighting, getting in, throwing the enemy from within becoming the enemy's friend and destroying them, you know, behind their back. All of it is all, all these lessons are in psychological warfare. And the one thing that the, that cultures like um, China have over us, I want to be very clear too, when I talk about China, I'm not talking about the wonderful Chinese people. I'm talking about the CCP, the Chinese communist party. When you understand that they play the long game, they're raised in a culture where very much like Native American culture, where they talk about seven generations, they work now and live their life now thinking about seven generations ahead. We have been wired here in the West. If our little will spins on our phone for a second, we're cursing it. We're, we're so like, we want things now. And our movie on Netflix skips for a moment or stops. And it's like, what? Come on. You know, it's like, these things are being sent through satellite dishes in the space all over beaming, you know, megapixels of, of high definition imagery when it chugs for five seconds. You know, that's how entitled we are to this life that we've, we've succumbed to. And so that's where they outwit us because we want instant gratification and the thought of doing, living our lives for an agenda that won't even play out within our lifetimes is unthinkable to us. I want it. I want to see it. I want to reap the benefits. I want to experience it. I want the reward. I want the acknowledgement. So it's, we can't even understand their mindset, but they've been at this for a hundred years or more. And this is how they would take over America. And so they're working in, in, in part with treasonous um, people, domestic and foreign to break down America, to take control of it, to take all of our land, all of our possessions that we own. And that's what the great reset promises. You will own nothing and you'll be happy. Half of that statement is true. 
Yeah, you'll own nothing, but whether you're happy or not, it's obviously completely an individual choice. Yeah. I won't be happy. I'll actually be extremely upset. Uh, but we, we too have been calling it just the same. I, 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 uh, your passion is, uh, well felt and I believe everybody sees it. Um, and if you haven't, uh, you will, if you watch these movies. See, and that actually falls right in line. Everything you just said, Mickey, I've been saying this for a couple months now that I actually believe that the communists won world war two and, but they could not overtly occupy us. Not the communists. Because, well, the Nazis, the Nazis, they were communists, but the Nazis, they were fascist. fascist, whatever. Mm -hmm. They actually won World War II, but they couldn't overtly occupy us because every gun-toting American would be on their front porch, you know, taking shots. Um, so instead, they covertly occupied us, right? They infiltrated NASA. Schools, tech. Yeah, hospitals, everywhere. universities, big tech, big pharma, the military, our politics. They have been training us to do exactly what we're doing right now. They have been getting us to fight each other over everything from religion to politics to race to gender, literally everything they can to get us to fight each other. And they finally succeeded now with the vaccine. And that is what's really tearing people apart now. Um, I mean, Miriam, families and, and individuals. Miriam Webster just came out the other day and they changed the definition of anti-vaxxer again in yeah. the, the dictionary. Now, now it is someone who uh, not only will not take the COVID vaccine, but is also someone who uh, believes in conspiracy theory or they is against the mandates. And, it, well, or, any, and anyone who anyone who who is against mandates. Yeah. yeah. So imagine that. Imagine. But that's actually. All these things have an upside. Because imagine being triple vaxxed right now. But you have enough common sense left in you that you aren't for the mandates, that you understand that, you know, that it is my body, my choice. And I don't want the government deciding when they can just inject an experimental drug into my body. There's a, a lot of people that are there with that. And imagine what that does to somebody who went out and got, okay, I'm going to get a shot and it's going to, I can return to my life and I can travel and everything's going to be back to normal. Yes. Okay. I did that. And now you're redefining. Oh, wait, not to get three uh, now boosters. How often do I have to get these boosters? Now people are talking about every six months. Hold up. Wait a minute. What? And so it's waking people up because they're understanding that they, they that they've been bamboozled. Yeah, And so I, I'm grateful to the people who have, I've been sharing this lately because um, it's very important when I say that we've enabled this, we've enabled this in, in, in a multitude of ways. And a lot of the ways are almost invisible. We enable this. We are, if you, if you can consider just as a metaphor that the human body is a receiver and a broadcaster. So we transmit, we receive information, data. Of course we do, just, just like this little devil, right? You know, I mean, it's like it, 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 it transmits and it receives data wirelessly that gets sent out through the air to the exact location that I'm sending it to, and then it gets reassimilated to show a picture on someone else's phone. It's an amazing. It's, we, we take it for granted, but it's just it's incredible that technology has reached that point where we can do that. And the same way the human body, we, we are constantly broadcasting what, and information. And so if, if our information internally is negative, 
if we're constantly stuck in a place of disgust, and it, it's, it's hard not to be there right now. Even for an optimistic guy like me, it's hard not to go to that place all the time where I go to the local mall Christmas shopping and I'm like, everyone's wearing the fucking mask again. I can't take that mask off that baby. What do you, I just want to, you know, like Reach out scream and smack What are you guys doing? Yeah. And so I had to transmute that lately. Transmutation is a very powerful tool. It's alchemy. Alchemy is turning worthless metal into gold. So how do you turn that negativity into gold and what this is the the game i played with myself but it works as i said all right i find myself now broadcasting a bunch of negativity because when i'm out in the world it's a constant pull up you got you're wearing a mask in your car dude what an idiot what are you doing right so there's this constant inner dialogue that's negative and i went okay so what am i broadcasting in the world right now I'm broadcasting negativity and so this is the world it goes out into the world like a ripple effect and now it, 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 it's like planting seeds. I'm planting a bunch of ugly seeds in the world. Got a, these ugly weeds growing all, all around me. So it's, I, I'm responsible for this. We all are. When we take ownership that we are literally the creators of our environment in that way. I, so I had to stop and say, how do I, how do I alchemize this one? Because it's this Eve that I was like, I just like reached my point of like everyone I'm in Texas, man. Are you kidding me? No mask a month ago. Now everyone, 90% of the people had masks on again and all the children had them on again. I was like, Oh, this is so horrible. So I went, okay, what is the, what's the new thought? Omicron, uh, Omicron. The only way you can protect oh, okay. yourself from it just Omicron. came to me instantly. I said, yeah, but on this particular sense, I went, okay, well, understanding the history of mythology, Understanding the, the the stories that we've been passing it down down since the beginning of humanity, there's there's a common thread in a lot of them, and, and one of those common threads is this this um the sacrifice of the of the subheroes, not necessarily the key hero, but the sub the people around who the you know who who do these commit these acts to jump in front of the the bullet to save or to do they they they, they and I thought, what if these, if we believe in God, if we believe in faith, if we believe in divinity, really, instead of just tribally, but really believe in that, where is God in this? Where is divinity in this? And I, and I just, I was, okay, what if these people are unwittingly, unconsciously serving out a purpose and they're making the ultimate sacrifice to wake up the human Organism by beings willing to risk their lives and their children's lives to wake up the rest of us so that we can move into a higher state of consciousness and, and grow beyond this, evolve beyond this. And Im immediately I went from idiot, idiot to hero. Well, that's a whole other way to look at it. Hero. Wow. And then suddenly I found myself feeling like I feel when I cross a veteran, you know, thank you for your service. I was like, thank you. For to myself, thank you for your service. <laughs> and it just is like I said, it might be with myself, but what it did was transform so that I don't become, you know, um, cynical. We call that taking the white pill. 
You know, there you go. everyone takes the red. Well, not everyone, but we're, we're trying to get everyone to take the red <laughs> pill, right? Like trying to wake everyone up to understand that not everything is right with the world, that the things that they think are, are true or not and vice yeah. versa. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and the black pill, once you've fully swallowed the red pill, which is, it's, it's a horse pill. It's a big one. You know, when, once you get it all the way down there, the, the black pill comes pretty quickly behind it with everything that's going on right now. And the black pill yeah. is when you realize that they're, they're trying to kill us all that this is not about our health. It's not about our safety. It's about their wealth and their well-being, and, and not us. That's the black pill. Mm-hmm. And I took mm-hmm. the black pill pretty hard. I mean, there was, there was a, probably a month there where, I mean, I'd cry myself to sleep. You know, I was, and I am not a depressive person. I don't understand yeah. depression personally because I've never experienced it because I've always understood that your happiness is on yourself, right? You are the creator of your own emotions. You are the the person that controls your own emotions, your own well-being, your own state of mind. Um, you can't depend on anyone else to make you happy. So for me to understand that, and it was the kids that got me. It was the thought of in a year when all of these people have died from the vaccines and they, they are, they're already dying. What is going to happen to the children that are left behind? Are we going to let the state indoctrinate them? They are going to be thousands, if not millions of orphans that that are going to need help and that was that was heartbreaking thinking about what's going to happen to them thinking about what what they're going to have to go through to lose their parents like that um it it was really hard and then i took the white pill and the white pill is god that's it the white pill is god and once i took that pill it was like i've I, i still see everything that's going on and i still understand how horrible it is and yet I'm almost detached from it in a good way. I understand that there is a purpose yeah. to everything. There is something greater than all of us that is truly in control. And we are just along for the ride. And we all have our little, our purpose, our, our mission, our role that we have to play in this final end game that's playing out. Um, so I, I applaud you. I, I like that. I applaud you. Well done. So, so that's, that's, so, that's alchemy. So to bring humor back into this. So when I pulled up alongside this lady who was screaming at me because she, when we were living at our old house, she thought I was driving too fast. He and, was. uh, she had like four masks on her face when I rolled down my window. And, uh, when she started cussing and throwing up, you know, hand and arm signals saying I was number one in her world. <laughs> and I slammed on my brakes threw my truck in reverse, drove back to her. And this was at like seven o'clock in the morning, rolled my window down. I looked straight at her and I said, um, can I help you? And she started talking. I said, I'm sorry, Karen, I can't hear you through all those masks and rolled my window up and drove away with my tires squealing out. That was probably not the alchemy that you're talking about. (laughs) The alchemy that I was doing there was rubber road, melting rubber. That was the alchemy I was looking for. But that is probably not. See, I try to... Whatever works. My thing, see, you brought up a great point and you're right because I do this. I probably do this subconsciously. And when I walk into a place, I think people automatically look at me and they're just like, oh, this guy's going to be a problem. Like they know right off the bat, I'm going to be a problem. You Um, are. It kind of happened to us when we came back from Tulsa. We came back from Tulsa. I was wearing, I bought a a straw cowboy hat. It was uh, the same one that like Lou Diamond Phillips in the movie uh, La Bamba. He almost got arrested on the plane. His, uh, his, uh, uh, cousin was wearing in that movie with the snake head on it. You remember that? And it was like the, yeah. uh, he had that, that it just looked cool as all, all get out. And I loved it. Somebody told, told me it was a, 
Oklahoma cowboy hat or something like that. I don't remember. Anyway, it's my new Trigger Me Elmo hat. And uh, we had no problem in Oklahoma. We got on the plane. We flew back to Atlanta. We got into Atlanta. We landed in Atlanta. And we were literally, uh, the, as we landed, we started a taxi and the plane stopped moving. They were like, hey, we can't go any further, folks. It was a really bad thunderstorm. I mean, we could look out the window. I was like, holy crap, that's really bad. And so we were sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, they were like, look, nobody's going anywhere. The, all the gates are shut down. Nothing's happening. They're not boarding planes. Um, they're not even on the skyways right now because they can't do it uh, because of all the lightning. And they were like, finally, they let us go and they pulled up to our gate. We got off the plane and we were hauling. I mean, running as fast as we yeah. could to get from one side of the airport to the other. We finally get to the gate and I was like, sweet. And I saw somebody get, still getting on the skyway, or the jet bridge. I was like, sweet, we made it. And uh, lady goes, oh, well, maybe not. I was like, what do you mean? Maybe not. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm standing right here. She's like, well, we may have already given your seat away. I said, why would you have done that? You knew that I was here. And automatically, just I swear to God, it was just because I was wearing that hat. Boom. That was it. Snapped her. All of a sudden, she started yelling. And oh, you start yelling? I can. I know for a fact I can be louder than you. I made such a scene. I thought people were videotaping it off in the corner they of my eye. They were. We and were. They, he, he almost got arrested at the airport. And. But I managed to calm him down and get him onto the next flight where he almost got arrested again. But I did not let him get off it was, the plane. It was a Seattle-based crew. It, it, was, it, was, a, it was a rough one. But they're, they're masked Nazis on the planes. And yeah. it's just absolutely ridiculous um, because we went running through the airport. And our masks had slipped down under our nose and they wouldn't, you know, she didn't want to let us on the plane because he's wearing a cowboy hat and our masks weren't pulled all the way up. And, you know, we're, we're dangerous super spreaders. Yeah, it was, it was pretty ridiculous. Which is true. We're super but spreaders of the truth. I love that sticker, by the way. More of, more about that though. I, yeah. I mean, you're right. And, uh, yeah. and everything you said, uh, I, I agree. And I probably admit way more than you do. I could probably walk into a store and turn off a store like that. I mean, I, I just walk in, I'm like, no way I'm wearing a freaking mask. You get that, get away from me. Uh, think again. And in Georgia, we don't have to thank God, but, um, it's same in Texas though, from what I understand. So I, it's a personal choice. And unfortunately too many people are making the personal choice to wear it right I, now. They don't uh -huh. understand the, the dangers of the masks, but, um, so tell us about Plandemic three. I'm sorry to cut you off, but we're running short on time. I don't want to keep making oh, too long point. Yeah. because he you, does need to eat. Yes. And so, and so yes. do we. So tell us about um, Plandemic so tell three. Tell us about Plandemic three. Plandemic three is ultimately to stop the indoctrination and trafficking of our children. And through that lens, we're going to expose all of these organizations and agendas that have uh, infiltrated their little minds. And so that gives us a, a, a lens, a pretty wide lens, because almost everything out there right now is, is propaganda to, to these kids in their formative years. Even Sesame Street now has, has gone there. You know, I mean, it's just it's just horrific of what's of how it, all these anything with influence has just sold out. It's it's amazing to me how many people are for sale, and um, and we need to remember that because it was seems that we have a short-term memory and 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 I, I just really encourage people to never forget never forget the the people that are pushing us never forget the networks and the products and and you know that are are behind these agendas in maybe some cases we can give them a little slack you know because some of them really believe they're doing something good but at a certain point we have to realize that they're they're all you know just perpetuating this issue that is ultimately costing our liberties and our lives 
And we need to remember who, who's doing that because when we're on the other side of this, you know, it's, you know, we, we pay people with our currency and our attention. And it's important to know that where we place our attention, we're actually, you know, when they say pay attention, it's because we're paying them with our attention. And so all the celebrities that are out there talking about how, you know, the anti-vaxxers should be rounded up or put in jail or whatever, remember their names and stop paying them with your attention and, you know, and, and buy your products here locally, give jobs to the people here in, in our, in our nation and, and start to really understand that the utilization of voice that we make and every thought that we think. And so it's a personal responsibility. It's, an, it's, it's really a subject of personal responsibility. Are we ready to take responsibility? Because it's one of the scariest things for people. Because the moment that they go, okay, I'm to blame. I'm, to, I'm the cause of this. Then they have to examine all the other areas of their life that they have been blaming others for. Yeah, that divorce, yeah, that you were in there. That was part of you too. You know, it's not just her fault or his fault. It's like, you, you know, that your kids are not doing well right now. Okay, well, mom and dad, you know, it's, it's personal responsibility. It comes, with, it comes with discomfort and even a lot of pain, depending on how far south you've gone. But the flip side of it is the moment you deal with that, and it's kind of like dealing with the five stages of grief, you know, there's the resistance and the anger and all, all the different emotions that come with it. And then there's and the final stage is acceptance. And the moment we can accept all that, like, okay, we slept through this. Yes, through my choices. And yes, because I watched Game of Thrones for four seasons and didn't pay attention to what the hell was going on with my kids and in the neighborhood. I've allowed this shit to happen. Yes. Okay. Let me, let me deal with the shame of that for a moment. Let me deal with the, the weight of, of that realization. And it eventually goes away. That stage doesn't last long. That's why they call it the five stages. Because you eventually end up in a place where you go, okay, I accept it. Now what? Great. The moment that you've also accepted the do something about it. As long as we keep blaming it on them, we give them the power and we're, we're powerless. The moment we say it was us and how was it us? And you identify all the different then you realize stopping doing all that will prevent this from happening again. So where do we spend our money? Where do we place our attention? What conversations do we have? Are we, I, the last podcast I did, they said, you know, all these doctors who have spent all their lives of studying and have, you know, generated big mortgages and they don't want to lose their jobs, you know, so it's just short of losing everything, you know, what is your advice for, for them? And I said, lose everything. Yeah. Risk it. Risk it all. Yeah. I mean, it's a, cause it's the reality is all that stuff you're protecting isn't going to be there anyway, in yeah. a very short period of time, if you don't risk it all. Yeah. If you don't take any, if you don't take any risk, you yeah. never get any reward and they'll just take yeah. it all away from you anyway. So. And have that faith, have that faith that when you're, when you're working, I want to make some money. This is a great way to do this. And I want to, none of that bull, like I'm working because I have children and I care. And, and I'm going to tell the truth and I don't care, care as Republicans or anger as Democrats or anyone in between, I'm going to tell the truth. And there's something miraculous that happens that I've learned. And a lot of doctors who have said in this very room that I've interviewed, and, I'll, I'll, and you suddenly realize that you're, no matter if you're 40, 50, 60 years old, you realize 
this is your purpose. This is like you're in your dharma, you're in your purpose, and there's nothing more fulfilling or rewarding than that. And these are people who have, are top doctors who go, look, at, I have a collection of fine exotic automobiles, I have four homes, and I realize none of that shit matters. I will give it all away right now to go around the world and to talk with people and to connect with humanity and to know that, you know, have people crying in my arms because something I said saved their father. That is a pay yeah. that you can never, ever obtain through all that material stuff. And so, you know, risk it all people risk it all. You'll be safe. If you so when can we expect uh pandemic three? May 4th, May 4th. Uh, may the may the fourth be may be with you. <laughs> may the fourth be with well, you. Well, you know that w that was the pandemic one was released on May fourth, and right before we pushed the button, I swallowed hard and said, "May the fourth be with us." <laughs> Excellent. And uh, and so we we decided to launch the third and hopefully last one on May fourth. Okay. Okay. And uh, we didn't get to talk about the <laughs> Afghanistan movie, but honestly. Mick hasn't seen it yet. So I think what we're going to do is he and I are going to sit down and do a separate podcast and we're going to play it on there and uh, let him watch oh. it because I know that is going to probably bring him to tears the, the same way it did for me. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I don't think he wants you to see him cry. So he as can just, a, vet, he can as just a veteran, the whole, yeah, the world see it. Yes. Um, Imagine it will. Afghanistan's a, a, a rough he was there a lot. He spent a lot of time in Afghanistan. So he should be a citizen. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, they don't like you very much, though. No, no. They love the fact that I killed their people really well, but that's about it. Yeah. So anyway. All mm. right. Well, Mickey, it was so wonderful to have you come on and chat with us. I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Um, you do such amazing work. I think that uh, I think right now you and Joe Rogan are tied for the amount of people that you've red pilled, woken up to what's going on, but you've been, you've been working at it a bit longer. So, um, other, other than obviously us, where else can people find your stuff at? Where can they find your videos at? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Everything's at pandemicseries.com. So all of our films are on there free. We do um hundred percent donation based. Uh, every budget of our film is donation based so that we can give everything like one and two plus about um, eight short films that are very popular because they, they help expose the WHO, the FDA, uh, the World Health, uh, the CDC, Birth of Big Pharma. There's some really great, poignant short films in there that I highly recommend people to check out. And there's a new one on there that I just put on there called The Plan. Check that out. Will right. do. We'll Excellent. Do. I've, I've seen most of those already. So the Bill Gates one especially was... Um, yeah. Uh, horrifying and wonderful all at the same time so yeah thank you <laughs> yeah. yeah all right so uh folks go check them out uh again mickey we appreciate having you on uh we love talking meeting you in tulsa i know you and vlin had a blast down in dallas uh hopefully uh, we're shooting for arizona so no uh, we're not gonna make arizona or, no we're not making arizona no okay. no so, we're not making arizona we're not making ohio so unfortunately not because i got we'll see that's I got a wedding. There's so much. Going That's okay. On. That's a tough. <laughs> but we actually um we we may be working with another group of people to put uh, some other events together, kind of a spinoff of of Clay's thing. Uh, some of the same people from there are are looking to put together other events because you know the more the merrier. The more events that we can have, the more the more people that we can reach with the truth, the better off we're all going to be. So, um, yeah. so, you know, hopefully, uh, we'll, we'll reach out to your people and, and hopefully maybe we'll get to see you there. 
Awesome. So good right. to see both of you. And thank you so much Me for too, this Mike. opportunity. All How are right. the kids? Amazing. Totally amazing. They're up stomping away upstairs. So <laughs> they were great kids. I, I, this is my last podcast of the day. So now I get to go spend some time with them. Yeah. Go, go yeah. spend some yeah. time with you them. You do that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching your interaction with them. I, 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 I love that moment of you going to sit at their table and, and uh, having some uh, real conversations with them. I like them to experience that kind of energy so that they also don't only hear it from me. They understand that there's other people watching and that care about their development as young men. It's, it was awesome. Yeah. So. Most people don't get to see that side of Mick because yeah. Um, yeah. that's, I like to, to describe him as a burnt marshmallow. You know, he's all, <laughs> he's all crusty and nasty on the outside, but man, all like nice and gooey and warm on the inside. You just, not a lot of people get there. Wow. So. Thanks. I've been, <laughs> been described as a... All right. But either way, we appreciate having you, sir. Go spend some time with your kids and thanks a bunch for being on. Thank and, you so much, uh, Mickey. We will definitely Lovely talk to, to you later. God bless you both. Thank you. Bless you. Yes, sir. All right, folks. So, uh, Mickey Willis, uh, excellent, excellent interview with Mickey there. Um, I, 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 I don't know what else to say. I mean, go check out the videos, please, please go check out the videos. Yes. Um, Plandemic one and Plandemic two are on our channel, but you yep. can go to um, Plandemic series, um, and and get them all. And and actually, over yeah, probably over the course of the next month or two, I'll pull some of those short videos and and put them out as well, just for fun, because they are really very educational um they 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 stopped short of calling out soros but they're no no he did a whole one on them i, I know i know yeah i, I know I yeah know. yeah i know yeah i know so, so that's you, you want to know why she keeps telling me that eh, he's not the devil no he is and uh he is a devil mickey he is definitely not lays the out devil a, uh mickey and his crew definitely lay out a damn good case as to why uh, it kind of lays out where, cause you, you have no idea where all of this spans from and to understand that George Soros is behind so much of this, like, uh, Bill Gates, Bill Gates wouldn't have most of his money if it hadn't been for Soros. Um, there's so many people that can trace all of their money back to Soros. It's crazy. And, but who, someone is behind Soros. And the reason I say that is because you never see Soros with a woman. And I guarantee you there is a woman behind all of this. You not Soros is married. You never see her. Uh yeah, I have. Well, maybe you have. I've never seen her. Well, what? maybe she's the maybe maybe she's the effect behind it all. Maybe she's the big push behind it all. I'm telling you, there is a woman behind all of this. There is no way any man in the world is clever enough to come up with this kind of evil. Well, either way, well, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast, but that was Mickey Willis and he is a great dude. He really is a great guy. He, he really is. Nicest guy you'll ever meet. Um, he's got great kids. We had a blast in Tulsa with him and, uh, apparently v had a good time down in Dallas with him. This is, I'm telling you folks, this series, this is, uh, this is an eye opener. If you're not, uh, you want to give it to your normie friends, that's fine too. Do it. Yes, um, you should just to see watch their reaction. I mean, I wouldn't even watch the video. I've seen them so many times. I'd probably be like bored. I'd be like, why am I doing this? But then I'm going to just sit there and watch their reaction because as they start to realize that all of this stuff and the way he does it is so, he intertwines the ball so amazingly that at the end of it, you're like, wait a minute, that's where we're ending. And you want to see two. And I've been waiting for three because I've been sitting there. Okay. Two was good, but I'm waiting. Come on. I need to see number three. And here we go with three. And uh, so May the 4th, it comes out. So make sure you're paying attention. Go to his website. If you want to just get the videos, download the videos. And you don't want to hear us talk. Go get the video, download the video from his site. 
leave a donation if you can. Five, 10 bucks never hurt anybody. Um, you're helping out a guy who's well behind the cause, as you just heard. And, uh, you know, I, I like where he's going with this third one. It's all about the kids. Um, he's going right back to that realm. Um, that's sounds, what it's all about. That's what it's familiar. always been all about. Sounds kind of familiar. It does, it? because that's what it has always all been about is the kids. So from, to, from the very start of it in 2017, yep. it's always been all about the kids. So we got, uh, I apologize about the video. He kind of had a rough connection with his Zoom. Um, but yeah, his internet was a little wonky, but that's okay. You know what? It's still well worth it. It is. And we're going to try to put it together a little bit better. I think we'll try and do some magical editing on it as best we can. I, I'll try, you mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> that I'm, that I'm royal me is I'm, all I'm, me. <laughs> well, I mean, I got a mouse in my pocket too. So either way, folks, uh, for the Mick. And V. Lynn. Have a good night. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Please, um, please, please share this one with your friends. Especially this one. For real. This one's really important. Like, please share the pandemic movies. Please share this interview. Um, when we, we put the Afghanistan movie out in a, a couple of days, please share that one as well. Um, you know, tell, tell your friends because this is, this is really important. Mickey hit it on the head. Yeah. You know, it's, it's about total control. It's about total control of us and people need to wake up to that because this only ends when we say it ends. We enabled it. Only we can stop it. But it also means that we can stop it. So, we can stop it. Absolutely. Um, and that is the but most we have to part. do it together. We, you know, I saw before we end, I saw a great meme the other day. Yeah, I don't care. I saw a great meme the other day and, and it was a shark. And just behind the shark was a school of fish all together like a shark. And they were 10 times bigger than the shark, but individually they were just a fraction of the size of the shark. Yeah. Right. And they were all about to kill the shark. Yeah. That's us. Right. We just have to work together. Well, I'm not going to disagree. Yeah. I'm not going to take it. So either way, folks, again, good night. Have a good evening. Enjoy. And uh, like I said, we will be back shortly with a news podcast. Uh, we're going to have to pump that out here a couple of days. Yep. So we are we are back. We're back at full strength and we've got a loaded month for you all. So stay tuned. Um, we're going to be pumping out uh, a whole lot of stuff coming up here shortly. So uh, stay on, stay tuned, enjoy. And uh, we will talk to you later. Appreciate it. And have a good night. Thanks for listening.